you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest today is Dr. Michael Turner. And Dr. Turner, and but I'm going to call him Michael since we've, we've gotten to know each other a little bit better now. He has quite an interesting background, and I'm actually going to let him tell us about that because it's, uh, I personally always find it more interesting when the the guest tells me about themselves instead of me reading their bio. So welcome, Michael, and uh, it's great to have you here and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Thank you, Susan. Very glad to be here. I enjoy this kind of thing very much. Well, the backstory on me, I guess, as regards health and wellness in particular would be I was raised in a healthy home for the most part. So my mom is a former hippie who literally went to Cal in the sixties and did protests and like all of that. Yeah. Uh She worked at a natural food store in college. And so when I was raised, there was pretty much no sugar in the house. There's a famous story. When I was five years old, my mom would never allow me to have Twinkies or little hostess cupcakes. Right. Mm. And other kids at school would have that stuff in their lunch and I'd have, you know, grapes or something like that for my snack. And so I would, I would really obsess about these Twinkies and things. And I go to kids house and spend the night. And I'd like, you know, ask if they had Twinkies and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there was me at five years old one time in the market. And I just, I broke away from my mom. I went to the Twinkies aisle and I was staring at the box of Twinkies and just kind of obsessing over this, right? And it was just mesmerizing me. And I'm looking around, make sure no one's watching. I dive into this box. Yes. I like tear open a Twinkie or two. My mom comes around the corner at just the right time. She's like aghast, of course, shocked, embarrassed. Like, what are you doing? You know, I actually, <laughs> like a good mom, but she also like marched me right up to the store manager. I had to apologize, the whole thing, like deep, deeply shamed of that day um, on many levels. But that was my, in a good way, though, a healthy childhood, uh, you know, but without sugar, without video games, you know, yeah. playing sports, reading, uh, playing musical instrument, that kind of thing. So I, I had a, a good childhood and I think fairly healthy, thankful for that. Um, in high school, I was very impacted by my health class. So I was just a sophomore at a regular public school, high school health class. It was actually really impactful. And I remember one day we wrote down everything that we ate in a given day and we had to write down the ingredients, right? And the grams of sugar, grams of fat. And it was pretty Mm -hmm. eye-opening because I said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm drinking like two chocolate milks at recess and then a Snickers bar that I buy in between class. And, you know, and then I get home and I do this and that. And, but I add that all up. It's like, oh my gosh, look at all this sugar, you know, look at all the saturated fat, look at all these ingredients that I can't even pronounce. What is this stuff, you know? Yeah. So it actually jump-started a big change in my life. And so we didn't call it eating clean back then, right? That's kind of a newer right. phrase, but it was basically, I started eating clean. I was eating nothing but like oatmeal and tuna and beans and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, running five miles after school every day and lifting wow. weights and all of this. So I got, you know, over exuberantly, maybe zealous for a little bit of time as a teenager is likely to do, but basically <laughs> launched forward towards you know, my personal health and wellness in a very internal way at that Uh point. It was was no longer just my mom. It was like, I wanted to own it. You know, I wanted to be healthy. Uh, And then as I went through my training, I went to Stanford undergrad, studied human biology. It was fantastic. 
um, mm-hmm. took, therefore took some time off between then and med school on purpose. And by the time I finished Stanford, I was just tired of studying, tired of taking tests. Frank, I was feeling kind of burnt out. And I thought yeah. I'm in no yeah. shape to go to med school and keep up this pace. You know, I got to take a minute. Uh, what do I like to do? Well, I liked to teach. I had done a lot of tutoring uh-huh. in college. I had also worked with youngsters as a summer camp counselor. So I was looking uh-huh. for a teaching job. So I connected with my buddy, Fresno, California, ended up being a fifth grade classroom teacher. Um, oh and then God. went back. Yeah. And then came back to the Bay area and taught seventh and eighth grade science. So that was very informative for me as well, because fast forward now to my medical career, I wear a hat of a teacher quite significantly, I would say, in what I do, you know, mm-hmm. very intentionally. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking if I can help the person understand their situation the same way that I do, right. then they'd be a, right. They'd be as informed, as motivated, as capable of taking care of yeah. themselves as I'd love to see them. So every time I'm uh-huh. involved with someone, I imagine as a download of information to try to get them to see it the way I do so mm-hmm. they can be motivated and informed to be their best self. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, that's a bit about my background. I ended up going after the teaching time. I went on to medical school at Harvard. Fantastic experience. Wow. Um, around that time, got married, had a child went off to residency at the Mayo Clinic, and then we adopted four kids. So that rounded out the oh, family. Okay. And so, yeah. And uh, onwards from there. Okay. That explains the five. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Having five of your own would be a little, a little different. <laughs> yeah. It would pose a few challenges. Right. So we, we were blessed yeah. to have five kids, but only have to do with one pregnancy, let's just say, you know, and so there you uh, go. Yeah. we got off easy in some sense, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's, that's neat. I think, you know, I mean, I think it's great when people are willing to take, take that on. Thank you. With other kids. Yeah. It was a big leap. It was a big leap of faith, but I'm so glad we did. It's very rewarding. In my mind, the most poignant part of it, the most, uh, the, the most emotion would be encapsulated by the idea of you imagine a family picture, right? And Mm -hmm. if you imagine this child's got no one to appear in that family picture and say, Hey, this is my mom, or this is my dad, you know, this uh, person's standing with yeah. me, right? Like there's, there's just an empty space there. Right. But then right. the fact that my face gets to show up now in that picture and this person to say, this is me and my dad, you know, and I remember yeah. you know, this moment and this day. Right. So that's, that encapsulates, I get to put my face in a few pictures and be that person, which is so yeah. uh, obviously comforting to all of us as we're raised. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you, and you can have such a big impact on, on future people. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're just little people really. Well, you know, the one way I think about it, this is just, someone mentioned this to me recently, but they said, you know, you should raise your children as if you are just raising future adults. You kind of have stem- temporary stewardship right. over this future adult, yeah. right? Which is the truth yeah. of the matter, frankly. That's so right. it changes your perspective. Yeah. You're just yeah. temporarily shepherding this future adult and getting them off right. to a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you do a good job with it, then then you'll be in their lives for the rest of their lives and, and mm-hmm. vice versa, you know, which is just, um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who don't have and they spend a lot of the rest of their lives, you know, kind of trying to recover from that. Yep. You know, so you can, you can, you can pay it back. Yes. And there are other ways as well. You know, adoption is obviously phenomenal. Uh, It's not for everyone, perhaps, but you know, there's Mm -hmm. volunteering at school, right? There's volunteering to teach, you know, coach little league or do Girl Scouts or 
you know, any number of ways that uh, young people will love to have someone who's just concerned come into a life. I, I think of my father, who was older, retired. He actually volunteered at a local public school in Santa Cruz to uh, help uh-huh. with their reading program. So he like went down and like read to kindergartners uh-huh. or first graders or something like that for an Aww. hour every day. And my dad loved to read aloud. He had a very theatrical voice uh, and presence. And uh-huh. uh, I thought it was just the coolest thing. And all the kids loved it, of course. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, and that's one of those things I think that people don't think about, which is that if you have enthusiasm for something, then everyone around you will get enthusiastic about it, too. Yeah, it's, it's just, touching. You know, yeah. And your dad doing that made it so that all the kids were like, it's so exciting. It's reading time. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember him reading to me when I was young and uh, uh, just being captivated. He'd do different voices for different characters, you know, all that kind of thing. He made it seem. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. So engaging. Oh, that's great. I would yeah, wow. beg to have, have him read to me at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, how fun. Yeah. How fun. <sighs> okay. Well, let's talk about health stuff since that's what we're here for. Sure. <laughs> not that that isn't because that is part of a very big part of health right sure mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean yeah social yeah. connectedness and uh service you know being connected to other people feeling like yeah. you're yeah putting something positive out into the world vis-a-vis your connection yeah. with other people that's a healthy mindset to have and uh be able to try to hold on yeah to yeah well they've had, haven't they actually done studies people like when they're laughing or they're in enthusiastic or enjoying things and all of the good stuff gets real high and they remember what it's what oh it yeah is, oh oh it... absolutely yes yes yeah. so for example the the study i read not too long ago this is surprising it was it was shocking in the strength of its conclusion it was really something um they basically looked at um how what the effect was by smiling at someone okay so if you just give them oh, your best smile okay. right yeah what's the effect on the receiving side and they they role played and they did some simulations and they they gave people uh-huh. money and they saw how happy they got after they gave them certain amounts of money and basically uh-huh. here's the kicker a an earnest smile from someone on the receiving side was like receiving $23,000 oh my god that was the impact yes that strong wow yes wow yeah isn't that something and yeah. so i've remembered yeah. that and i've thought you know i can give someone $23,000 worth of joy in just a split second, if I can give them my sincere smile and just be engaged with them, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. very true. It, it lights you up that much, neurologically yes. speaking, on the inside, equivalent to that. That was really interesting. Um, another time, I remember reading about uh, laughter's or or happiness mm. is the most contagious emotion, right? So mm-hmm. emotions are contagious. You know, you go into a room, yeah. someone's going to set the tone for good or ill, right? And then if we ask the question, what's the most immediate and most contagious emotion it's happiness and it's laughter it's mm-hmm. like sense of humor that is the uh, thing that will circuit around the room most quickly and kind of get everyone on the same wavelength mm-hmm. right isn't that cool so uh-huh. consider there. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is um i can't remember now because i had heard something that was also very similar about about smiling and how contagious smiling is yes oh and to, uh, the other thing i was thinking of as you're talking and we're talking about uh you know, service to others, social connectedness uh-huh. and all this. There were, there have been some experiments done a long time ago now that talked about volunteerism. Okay. And so oh, if you go okay. volunteer at yeah. the SPCA or reading to the kids at first grade at your school and all that stuff, basically it, for people who are depressed, volunteerism was as effective as an antidepressant. Okay? As effective as an antidepressant was starting to volunteer in their community doing something, right? It's wow. pretty striking. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Mm. That's, um, <clears throat> 
Yeah, I used to volunteer quite a bit actually when I was when I was in high school. I went to, you know, at the help at the hospital and Yeah. That was when I wanted to be a doctor. I got over that real fast. Yeah. Um <laughs> Well we missed Sorry out about our, that. Our profession suffered a loss there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Never did get that. Never did go that way. Didn't take enough science in high school <laughs> or college. But anyways, yeah, it's um, my husband used to do some some volunteerism, too. And I can't remember who it was or where it was. Um, it was all the people at the at the place where he worked. Mm-hmm. And they used to they all used to volunteer mm-hmm. for different things, um, which is not surprising. He worked at a bank. So they were very big into the neighborhood. And the oh, right. Yeah. Right. Community. Yep, exactly. A lot of community stuff. Yeah. And actually, I, I take that back. He also he was on the board of a um i don't know if you've ever heard of ritter house mm, i have not in the bay area and they um they provide medical um as well as um places for people to live and mm-hmm. uh food and and stuff and he was on the board there for quite a while oh fantastic um, yeah 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 that's a it's a neat organization in san rafael so um but anyways we digressed a little bit the uh Tell me a little bit. We've kind of gone off on a, on a tangent that you and I both are enjoying. But why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more just about about yourself and what you're doing now? Um, you talked about your your education and yeah. getting your MD and and all of that. But what what sort of um, practice do you have, or who are, who are you serving, and you know what are you uh, who are you trying to help? <laughs> so. I think the best phrase to describe me would be integrative medicine or holistic medicine mm. physician. So okay. I see it as Good. my role to bring the best of both worlds together mm-hmm. for the patient, right? It's uh, the best of traditional healthcare, whether it's knowing, hey, it's time to order an MRI, or really, mm-hmm. we need to go talk to a surgeon about this persistent gallbladder pain you seem to be having, uh-huh. right? Or right. the best of natural advice, like, we need to get your vitamin D level up, you know, you need more sunlight mm. in the morning. We need to lower your stress through some mind-body breathing techniques. We know we need to consider infrared sauna so you can detox a little bit more. You know, Ah, there's all all sorts. So I never saw it as a dichotomy. I never felt like I had to choose sides or something. I always thought as I'm there to be the patient's advocate to work in their best Mm -hmm. interest and to pull the best solution from wherever. I don't care if Mm -hmm. it's making more smoothies with more blueberries, you know, or going and getting your colonoscopy because it's time to do that, you know, and that would be prudent. Like I, yeah. whatever it would be that would best serve my patient. That's kind of always what mm-hmm. I made my job to go figure out. So that's what uh-huh. I do. I have a national practice. It would be called a concierge oh. practice in a sense. Okay. People pay me and I work with them on different health and wellness topics. <clears throat> Many uh-huh. times people want to work with me almost like a primary care that can work. Um, I uh-huh. still encourage people to keep their primary care, but we work in parallel pretty nicely, right? So the primary <laughs> mm-hmm. care is focused on more urgent matters of course, and things that would require a physical exam, whereas I'm more focused okay. on wellness, prevention, health optimization, uh, you know, and so people will come with a variety of goals and interests. Sometimes mm-hmm. they want their thyroid checked out. Sometimes they they mm-hmm. have chronic fatigue. They don't know what the story is. Sometimes they want to talk about brain health and preventing mm-hmm. dementia or Alzheimer's or their heart health. They have a high family history of heart problems. Let's say they don't mm-hmm. want to be on a statin or they tried a statin and they got right. brain fog or some other side effect from their statin. They want natural approaches to improving yeah. their cholesterol. So 
different sorts of health and wellness and anti-aging topics along those lines are what people would typically mm-hmm. come to me. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, I might have to talk to you after we get off the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so what, well, probably, I guess this isn't exactly correct since you're not really doing prime the primary care, you're doing other things that come up to kind of help people in, in figuring out go more ask, specific things. Yeah, go ahead and ask your original question though. As if, what if I were? Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell okay. me. What we, what yeah. Was no, no. Because I was, I was going to say, and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, what are the things that as people get older, and I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, not just over 50, but I mean, you know, if they start heading towards sure. 60, 65 and retirement and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Right. Yes. Um, that, you think are the most important things that people can do stay healthy you know i mean i don't want to say well you know as you get older there are just certain things that don't work as well as they used to but but there are always some things that you can do to either help it or or not have it help occur quite so early (laughs) oh definitely yes absolutely yeah let's jump in right on that sure I'll start with one that's maybe a little non-traditional, which would be sleep. Okay. Uh, Yes. Truly paying attention to the quality of your sleep. You know, the more we study mm -hmm. sleep, the more important we understand that it is. And there are still a lot of mysteries to it that we're trying to unravel. Right. But sleep obviously will affect things like your mental acuity the next day, your energy level the next day. But what Mm -hmm. some people don't understand is it affects things, including hormonal cycling at night. Mm -hmm. So for example, men, your testosterone level peaks about 8 a.m. And that's based on some hormonal cascades that occur over the night. If you have choppy, Hmm. disturbed sleep, your morning testosterone level is much, much lower. Interesting. In a similar way, your adrenal function peaks first thing in the morning. If you have choppy, disturbed sleep, your adrenal functions down the next morning. Adrenals being one of the two main hormonal systems involved in energy. Uh So people Mm -hmm. who typically have fatigue right away in the morning and onward very oftentimes have subpar adrenal output. Mm -hmm. Also sleep ends up being related to obesity again, because of the way that certain Mm -hmm. hormones cycle, such as growth hormone, growth hormone is accentuated during sleep. The initial stages of sleep, you get a big burst of growth Mm -hmm. hormone and growth hormone has powerful fat burning properties. However, right. How, but it's only released during the deepest stages of sleep. So traditionally we've had four stages Mm -hmm. of sleep stage four being the deepest. That's when growth hormone is released. If you're getting minimal to no stage four sleep, which by the way, as you get older, your stage four sleep proportion naturally starts to decline. Therefore your growth hormone level starts to decline. If your growth hormone level is declining, you start to not have as much fat burning from that, but Mm -hmm. growth hormone also Mm -hmm. promotes muscle strength. It also promotes Mm. soft tissue healing, like ligament, tendon strength. Uh It also, Uh from an anti-aging perspective, um, promotes telomere length as well. We could talk Mm -hmm. about telomeres if your client, you know, audience is interested there. So growth mm-hmm. hormone yeah. is a huge anti-aging concept, which is why some people take growth hormone or things to try to boost their growth hormone. In right. fact, I just saw something on TV today when I was at the gym this morning, there was some uh-huh. you know, attractive 30 or 40 year old person talking about take this vial of something else, you know, that's going to keep your growth uh-huh. hormone levels up. Right. So there's a lot of interest okay. around that, uh, but for good yeah. reason, but going back then sleep, uh, hugely uh-huh. overarching for all those. And many times I'll talk to patients and they'll say, They'll kind of come to terms with really choppy sleep and just figure that it's normal, but it's really not. And it's definitely not optimal, right? So I'll ask them, well, how's your sleep? They're like, well, I, you know, I only get up two, three times a night, you know, uh, you know, to use the bath. I use the bathroom two, three times a night. And then, you know, my husband wakes up early at four or something. His alarm goes off. I just really don't fall asleep, you know, after that. 
I'm like, yeah. golly, that that's very choppy. Uh, that's, you know, oh my yeah. gosh, you know, <laughs> your poor yeah. hormonal systems, how are those things going to recycle, you know, during that time, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, uh, the, the, the pet in the bed that, you know, is waking you up at night and the dog, you got to get up in the middle of the night to walk and, you know, you go into the bathroom all the time. It's like, that is all interfering with your stages of sleep. You're not getting that rest you yeah. need. And so we got to make some lifestyle adjustments, right? So I talk a lot about things simply enough for the bladder to help people not have to go to the restroom in the middle of the night, uh, all the way sometimes to lifestyle things like making sure the room is dark and quiet and cooler, right, right. and you know, kicking the pets out of your bed or whatever to actually uh-huh. promote restful sleep. Yeah, hugely important. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is that is is that having to get up in the middle of the night is not normal. I use the word Okay. Right. Okay. Right. At so some point in your life, like, that's like started. don't drink water before you go to bed or something. Or <laughs> right. Right. So I mean, if you remember, you know, at some point in your life, that started, but it didn't always used to be that way, right? I'm sure when you're your yeah. college years or something, you didn't like get up in the middle of the night to, you know, use oh, the restroom, yeah. right? You probably yeah, slept yeah. soundly, woke up the next day. Maybe you were late for class because you were sleeping so hard, right? Like that's the. Yeah. That's the zone. Well, I also wasn't. I also wasn't trying to. I also wasn't sleeping as long. Well, true, right? right? Sometimes when I was when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But on the point of view of uh, the bladder, you know, there are some lifestyle concepts Uh like cutting down your water intake, obviously earlier before bed. Um, Mm -hmm. For men, we try to get a hold of their prostate size, right? We try not to let that prostate get Mm -hmm. too enlarged because that'll promote Mm -hmm. incomplete bladder emptying. If you have incomplete emptying, then you're going to have more frequency over time to try to okay. deal with a given volume, right? So we try to help uh-huh. the prostate shrink down. But in particular, I think what's been most effective is there's actually a certain medication we can give, which is a synthetic form of a hormone that naturally gets secreted every night from your brain. This is a pretty fascinating hormone called ADH. ADH. It stands for antidiuretic mm-hmm. hormone. This oh. hormone comes, yeah, this hormone comes down from your brain, goes to your kidneys and sends a signal to your kidneys to tell them to hold on to water. Okay, that's the whole function uh-huh. of this. Okay. It's yeah. Key. We're in a drought. Don't just hold we're on. In to a it drought. Here. Hold on to this <laughs> yeah. water. That's what it says. Exactly. Okay. So we can give people a supplemental dose of that ADH hormone at bedtime. Uh-huh. Just gives them another little bit of a higher pulse of signal to the kidneys to hold on to water. I'll give you an example of how successful this can be. I had a someone who came in. Uh, she was concerned about her elderly mom who was in an assisted living facility and. Mom's not sleeping well. You know, she's agitated the next day. She's kind of in a fog. She's losing weight. And um, and I dive into more and more what's the problem with her sleep. And they're like, well, first of all, her caregivers have to get her up, you know, five or six times every night to use the restroom. So she's up and down. Plus, she needs help getting up or down out of bed. So you can imagine what a production yeah. is, right? You take this oh poor God, lady yeah. out of bed oh, to yeah. the bathroom do the whole thing, come back. And this is happening five. I mean, and right, she has to this, try and get back to sleep. I don't think so. The poor woman. Right. So I yeah. said, we can solve this problem. We can solve this problem. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to solve this problem. So I gave her a nice stout dose of this medication that I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Sure enough, it was like magic. You know, the, the, the daughter calls back. She's like, mom's been sleeping through the night. She hasn't done that in years. Oh my gosh, Dr. Turner. And she's gaining weight. And she's more alert during the day, yeah. you know, oh, wow. and she was I going on it. and on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just got her some uninterrupted sleep. Wow. Ride that bladder up wow. for a little bit. Yep. Uh-huh. I may have to talk to you about that. <laughs> it's it's a miracle for, for people yeah. uh, in, in this, well, that kind of situation. It can be life-changing. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and even, you know, I mean, even now I'm not 
I'm definitely not at that mm-hmm. talking necessarily about my, my, um, you know, there are some nights where, you know, you drink a glass of water before you go to bed mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And then, then all of a sudden my problem is <laughs> get up, I get back and then I can't get back to sleep. Right. My brain is just like, yeah, you know, and it's always yeah. about shit that I shouldn't be talking, shouldn't be thinking about in the first place. Right. Mm, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. The yeah. other yeah. thing I mentioned, uh, I would say for your listeners as, you know, mm-hmm. regards health tips when you're getting a little older would be yep. really paying attention to your uh, eating habits, let's just say, and your diet, right? Obviously, you can't get away with things that you used to get away with when you were younger, like eating a whole pint of ice cream or half of a pizza or, you know, whatever. And so um, really taking some pains to get the eating dialed in in a way that's healthy. You know, we could talk about what specifically that would look like. But essentially, I'll, I'll oftentimes have let's say a guy comes to me, he's middle-aged, he's like, I just, I want to get rid of this belly. You know, it's just my weight's creeping up on me. But he has, he's eating the same way he did back in his 30s or something when he was playing sports and all this, you know, and it's like, that's got to change, you know, at some point. So getting the eating habits dialed in right. Um, And then along with that, I'll tie in the idea of supplements. So there are certain supplements that everybody should be taking from an anti-aging and wellness viewpoint. Absolutely. Every human being, man, woman, or child without fail. If you're okay, a human, gonna, and you're, I'll, I'll, if you're a human I'll being and you're getting older, this. then yeah, there are certain supplements. I'll listen to this afterwards and, and write them down. Yeah. Take I notes. take a whole shitload of supplements. So, well, sure. <laughs> yes. So there are some in particular that have some strong uh-huh. bearing on yeah, good. Uh, aging, anti-aging concepts uh-huh. at a cellular yeah. level I'm talking about. So I'll, I'll just uh-huh. to throw a couple out there. So omega-3 yeah. fatty acids, uh-huh. hugely relevant, hugely relevant to your cellular health. They have to, they help with uh, mitochondrial optimization, which is basically energy creation within your cell. They also have a role to preserve the length of telomeres, which are these little caps on your mm. DNA. So omega-3 mm-hmm. fatty acids, hugely important from an anti-aging concept. Keeping your vitamin D level up also Likewise, hugely important. Mm. If you want to do something eye-opening, you can do a little search phrase on like vitamin D deficient mice. And they did these research studies where certain mice are genetically engineered, I believe, to have a non-functional vitamin D gene or something like that. And then they just took pictures of them at time points. And you can see the healthy vitamin D mouse and the one that will lack vitamin D and the stark difference in aging and robustness of the animal. Yeah, Pretty striking. So that's, again, that's one for everybody, simple, easy, inexpensive. And you should get Mm -hmm. your vitamin D level checked, by the way. It's something you should know, almost like your blood pressure or your blood sugar. It should just be one of those primary care labs. You should know what your vitamin D level is. Vitamin D has got profound anti-cancer properties, for example, profound immune stimulating properties besides what we know that it does for bone health and muscle strength as well. Um, Can you take too much vitamin D? It's hard to do that. So, you know, theoretically, okay. yes, but it's hard to do that. Um, oh, so okay, good. If you didn't have a blood level check, the average person is going to be perfectly safe to start anywhere from four to 6,000 units once a day. That is perfectly Whoa. safe. That will not ever okay. overdose anybody. Okay. Um, okay. If you have your level check and you end up drifting maybe too high, you know, there's adjustments that can be done, but most people are much more on the level of too low than too high, you know, by and large. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, one other supplement that's excellent for aging, by the way, would be called Go-To Cola. A lot of people haven't heard of that. Ah, uh, yes, I've, I've heard yeah. of it. I haven't taken it. Pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, Go-To Cola, G-O-T-U-K-O-L-A. A little leafy plant, almost looks like a lily pad in my mind, but it comes out of Southeast Asia. And uh, from what I understand, the, 
the villagers and people would notice that these elephants that were grazing in this certain area were more healthy than the other elephant herds. Okay. And this is where this stuff was growing. And that began the process of them thinking that this was healthy, which involved Uh incorporating it into their folk herbal medicine, which then fast forward to present time became Uh, us, you know, studying it and trying to understand and turns out go to cola has got some profoundly helpful uh, properties for memory, for the brain, but as Ooh, far as aging, okay. uh, towards the, the line of helping your telomeres stay long. So it, it helps yeah. promote telomere length, which is a really important concept. That's one of my key anti-aging formulas. Ah, okay. Okay. I have, I have read about it, but I haven't, um, haven't actually yeah. tried that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. I have it yeah. in my medicine cabinet. Don't, I don't fail on that. Uh, and lastly, I would say helpful concept for, uh, your listeners besides the sleep, besides mm-hmm. really trying to get the eating right and the supplements would be exercise. Of course, the single most important anti-aging thing that you can do is exercise bar none. If you just have to pick one thing, it's more important than a low sugar diet. Okay. It's more important than an anti-inflammatory diet. It's more important than sleep. Although, you know, it pains me to say that, right. It's more important yeah. than taking these supplements. It's more important than staying uh-huh. away from McDonald's. You know, it, if there's just yeah. one thing and all you can do is pick one thing, it's actually consistent uh-huh. exercise is the most overall super potent in, in intervention for healthy aging. Um, and there's multiple reasons for that, but obviously things like heart and lungs, obviously things like strength of bones, strengths of muscles, right. but sometimes things that people don't always consider like brain, your brain function actually is improved when you exercise in the immediate mm. aftermath. In the immediate aftermath. Uh, so, interesting. Yes. Okay. There, a lot of people don't realize this. There have been studies done. Well, they'll they'll take people and show them 20 random names and faces, let's just say. And you have to try to uh-huh. remember these and match them. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they'll take half the group and just have them sit in a chair and look out the window and just relax, right? And uh-huh. the other half, they put on a stationary bike at a moderate pace, okay? And then they bring uh-huh. them back after 20 minutes and retest them. What happens? Well, voila, the people who are exercising have better recall. Okay. And then they, they, then they drew blood samples to figure out, was there any detectable difference in their blood? What were we mm. seeing? Right. And it mm. turns out that there's this molecule called BDNF, Barry and David, F, yes. yeah, Nancy Fred, BDNF. If your listeners have heard of that, it's worth understanding. Basically, you want more BDNF in your life, okay? The more BDNF, the better. And exercise creates a big release of BDNF in your brain, which literally strengthens the connections between neurons, Uh, makes your neurons more plump, and strengthens Uh neural connections. And so that boost of BDNF ends up in, for example, better recall or better uh, Mm -hmm. higher functioning in general. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think I better start taking a whole huge thing of BDNF a couple of times a day. <laughs> I could use that help. <laughs> that really helpful molecule. Um, yeah, actually it's in, I think I shouldn't be doing this in the middle of the podcast, but um, I think I have it in here. I could have sworn. Oh, there's go to cola in this. Didn't even know I was taking it. Uh, Neurofactor fruit. I don't know my glasses on. Fruit extract. No, that's not it. I could have sworn they had BDNF in here. Nope, guess not. Yeah. I've never heard it being available as a supplement, actually. Um, it's so, yeah, it's a molecule in your brain. It stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Neurotrophic factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've, I've never heard that they've been able to, you know, synthesize and have you take it as a capsule. I've, I, I'm open to oh, that okay. idea. I've just never heard of that yeah. so far. So typically yeah. it's more, you know, things that you can take that would promote right. BDNF release, BNF, for example, yeah. or- Got it. Lifestyle interventions like exercising, which directly okay. promotes BDNF. Okay. Is there, is there 
are there any particular, it's not even just types of exercise, but the, you know, the, yeah. like, in other words, is it exercise that you need to get your heart rate up? Is it time? Is it a time period? Is it what, what, are, what are you looking for in doing good, exercise? Good point. Well, I'll answer it in two ways. So the specifics okay. of that study with BDNF and recall and stuff and brain mm-hmm. health, that was uh, cardiovascular, that was getting your heart rate up to a degree and keeping it there, let's say for 15, 20 minutes, you know, Ah, okay. Not not exhausting yourself on the exercise bike, yeah, but yeah. just kind of steady pace, let's just say, like a brisk uh-huh. walk, something like that. Okay. Uh, but but more generally talking about exercise, I would say the best there are different parameters of exercise, right? Like strength and balance and flexibility and cardiovascular and coordination or agility, right? Mm-hmm. So something mm-hmm. that would pull those all together is really the best long-term uh, okay. option if you can pull that together. So I'll give you an example, yoga. Yoga is my all-time favorite uh, exercise because it does everything. You've got strength, mm-hmm. you've got flexibility, okay. you've got balance. You even have breathing and staying calm and some mind-body focus to it, right? And then you have a little bit of huh. cardiovascular depending on how intense it gets, but you can do hot yoga and some other things to actually get your heart rate up. So it's the okay. it's perhaps the only exercise I know that does all those so easily so well with no equipment from the comfort of your home in a 10 by 10 square space, right? Pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but but beyond that, you know, there are options uh dancing again is fantastic Mm. so if you go to a zumba class right you're obviously getting your heart rate up you're getting working on agility and neuromuscular control coordination Uh balance Uh right um a little bit of strength and uh perhaps a little bit of flexibility but you're also learning something new as well so Mm. that's something that people Mm. don't quite uh, understand as well when you're doing exercise that's another way of that's a brain game, essentially. It's another way of keeping your brain healthy. It's no different than doing a Sudoku puzzle, right? Okay. Yeah. In just a different way. It's a brain game because if you have to, for example, follow your Zumba instructor or your Jazzercise instructor, yeah. and you're looking at them, right? And you're taking that information in and you're trying to pattern your own limb movement after them mm-hmm. in time to the rhythm that you're hearing in the background, yeah. in time to their fast changing calls that they're giving you oh now it's this move now it's that move you got to keep up right and their mirror image to what they're doing yeah so it's it's quite challenging actually it's a brain puzzle (laughs) yes um the brain loves that or learning a new dance for example if you do Mm. couples dancing ballroom dancing something Mm. like that awesome brain challenge learning a new pose in yoga same thing uh learning how to bowl or learning how to play pickleball or tennis same thing your Uh, brain now has to make these connections between where's my hand in space and how hard is my shoulder muscle supposed to pull forward and where are my feet supposed to be so i stay in balance you know etc yeah you're challenging your brain in a different way just three-dimensionally yeah yeah interesting Mm -hmm. interesting okay Mm -hmm. i'll have to rethink our uh our gym visits Or at least mine, because I always do the same thing, you know. Ah, right. I see. Yeah. Weights and and walk, you know, fast walking and and um, you know all that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah. Variety is good, and then yeah, you can think of those, you know, five different parameters there of the exercise right. trying to pull, pull yeah. things there. And we talked about this earlier too, Susan, off camera uh, uh-huh. before we got started. But my key concept yeah. with exercise is that it needs to feel fun. That's the first thing. I tell people that's ground rule number so one. Do is it, it needs to feel fun. Yes, right? because yeah. then you're going to keep with it. You know, otherwise you're just yeah. working off a of willpower, and it's you're going to kind of wind it never down. Lasts. Right. Yeah. The the phrase that I use for people is adult recess. Okay, it needs to feel okay. like adult uh-huh. recess, right? So if you harken back to uh-huh. elementary school and we had recess, that yeah. was fun. 
you know, the teacher didn't have to tell you, make sure you run around and make sure you get your energy out, you know, <laughs> make sure you do, you know, it's like the bell rang, yeah. you were sprinting out of the class to go play Foursquare, play tag or do whatever. And it was fun. And nobody had to tell you to go be active, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it should feel with whatever you engage mm. with. It should feel like adult recess. Like, hey, I don't have to answer my cell phone. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. I'm not responsible to anybody else. This is my freeform time to have fun with my body in some way that's going to uh -huh. be really good and satisfying. That's the concept you're aiming for. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll have to rethink this. <laughs> it feel like adult recess. Yeah. Because then you're going to want to do, oh yeah, then you're going to want to do it more of it and you start. Yeah. You kind of, you'll end up getting this positive feedback loop where it's like, I go do my exercise routine, whatever it is, could be Zumba, could be mm -hmm. gym, could be yoga, could be yeah. walking the dog, whatever. I feel healthier and stronger and more fit and yeah. my mood goes up and then I want to yeah. do this more. And then I get healthier and stronger and more fit and my mood goes yeah. up and I want to do it more. And then you just keep spiraling upwards yeah. like that. So yeah. 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 No, no, no. I, I, I mm. always feel better after I've been to the gym. Oh yeah. For sure. You yes. know, it's just, um, I get excited about it. I don't know. Mm. I get to listen to podcasts. <laughs> That's the exciting part. Not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Any other, any other suggestions or, or, um, mm -hmm. on your list? Um, yeah, you know, well, a couple other things I think, uh -huh. One is one is getting your hormones tested, actually. So I'm a big uh, fan of understanding your hormonal status, whether mm -hmm. it's things like your thyroid being a little off or your adrenals being off or frankly, you know, postmenopausal hormones and possibility of hormone replacement or in the case of men getting your testosterone levels checked and something called DHEA as well. Um, mm. That's an important concept because the hormones, first of all, have roles in your body that are diverse, uh, multi-pronged, multi-impact roles, okay? They're, mm. they're kind of like a root phenomenon of health and wellness. Yes. Yeah, so for example, thyroid, if we ask the question, where does your body have a receptor for thyroid hormone, mm -hmm. which means that the thyroid hormone would have a role in that target organ, right? right? Where do we find that? It's not just like one organ or two organ systems. It's most yeah. of your body, okay? Most of your body's mm -hmm. got a receptor for thyroid because it's going everywhere and doing all stuff. Same thing for vitamin uh -huh. D. If you just, you know, yeah. you can do an internet search on where, where does the body have vitamin D receptors? You find out it's most everywhere. By the way, vitamin D is actually a hormone. It got misnamed when yes. it was, yes, yes. when it was. Correct. When it was discovered in the 20s or whatever we thought was a vitamin, it's really a hormone. Yes. So same right. thing. Hormone D, receptors for mm -hmm. that are pretty much everywhere. They're ubiquitous. When we consider that, and then we consider that slowly hormone levels decline over time, you could think of it as mm -hmm. simply the aging process of the ovaries, mm -hmm. for example, or the aging mm -hmm. process of the thyroid gland or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, then it comes down really to a philosophical question, right? So we can sit there and we can say to this, let's say 70 year old guy, well, you know, you're feeling tired, you're slower, you know, you've gained some weight, you're not as sharp mentally. Yeah, you're, you're, you're hunched over more. You're hunched over, you know, yeah. you don't have any motivation to exercise, you don't have any sex drive. And you know, you're feeling just kind of blah. Mm. And you know, your testosterone is basically normal for a 70 year old guy. So it is what it is. It's the aging process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in yeah. my mind, yeah, that's the laziest way to think about it uh, and, and the least helpful for the patient, right? So what if we said, hey, this may be normal for a 70-year-old, granted, but maybe you don't have to feel this crummy exactly. Like maybe you could feel better than that, you know? So what if we just turn back time a little bit and perked up your body with the level of hormones that you had when you were 35? Let's just say uh, how much different might you feel? Uh -huh. You used to have that level of hormone in your body, right? And here's the other interesting thing. 
I'll just use example of men. Mm-hmm. Your a guy's testosterone requirement at 70 is the same as his testosterone requirement at 40 or 20 wow. or whatever. It's the same. Interesting. It's the uh-huh. same because it's based on your stature. It's based on your height, your basic uh-huh. bone structure, your weight, okay. right? And the fact that okay. you're a male. So your three-dimensional structure plus your male uh-huh. gender equals a certain amount of testosterone that's going to fuel the machine, let's just say. Okay. That, that need never changes, but it's just your body's output does change, right? So when uh-huh. we restore that back to a more youthful level, it's amazing. Mm-hmm the benefit that people feel. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's a striking anti-aging intervention really is hormone replacement. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. There are only yeah. a small reasons not to do it that are few and far between. So I'd say by and large, if we had to paint with a broad brush, most people should strongly uh-huh. consider it, you know, getting their levels tested and doing it under some supervision. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I, I did some of it actually for a while. Um, Yep. In my fifties, I guess it was my early mm-hmm. fi- late late forties, early fifties, and then it was it just kind of you know mm-hmm. didn't didn't quite feel right. So not not that I that I mean it just I wasn't feeling as good you know as when I had first started it, mm, and so okay. I kind of stopped it. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. So is that with men? Is that um? think how was I what was I going to ask is it something that they should start looking at earlier like like the same time like women do or is that something that's that for them happens you know yeah good question it's a little bit later but not much let's just say okay right yeah so I'd say it's fair game for a guy to start thinking about his testosterone levels in his 40s. Uh-huh. You know, that's okay. definitely fair game. Yeah, if, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Especially if you're and, having symptoms. Yeah, yeah especially okay. if you're having possible symptoms. I mean, just generally, it's a number mm-hmm. that everybody should know at that point in their lives. But if you're having some symptoms mm-hmm. referable to yeah. low testosterone, then certainly. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. And is And it's only, you can only up your testosterone by actually taking hormones or is there something else is exercise help or any of the uh, anything else there are a lot of natural ways yeah that's a great point there are a lot of natural ways short of taking testosterone i actually have a whole i did a whole podcast guest spot called how to boost your testosterone naturally um by Uh the way which i could help you know make available to you through a link or something like that um but yes so to hit a couple, for example, we talked about sleep, right? Quality sleep uh-huh. equals quality testosterone production the next morning at 8 a.m. If you're up four times going to the bathroom, you're not sleeping deeply during each of those times when you should have been making uh, testosterone. So there's not that. deep enough. Yeah. Correct. Number two, exercise, right? So mm-hmm. what a, some people might not realize is when you exercise, you create hormonal changes afterwards. Uh-huh. You create, you stimulate, you induce the creation mm-hmm. of a new surge of certain hormones. For example, growth hormone okay. goes up after you exercise. Oh, okay. Yes, to a greater degree in response to more intense exercise. But when you exercise, you're going to have a burst of growth hormone shoot through your body for several hours afterwards. Same thing with oh. testosterone, per, assuming you're not over-exercising. Okay. But yes, yeah. if you do some strength training, you will get a burst of testosterone. So we get oh, guys sleeping. Okay. We get guys doing some consistent strength training. This is more along the lines of like, lifting weights and lifting heavier weights, yeah. you know, not light stuff right. sitting at a machine, but more, you right. know, kettlebells or dumbbells or swinging uh, ropes okay. or, you Got know, it. flipping over a tire or snatching uh-huh. an Olympic weight above your head, something like that. More, uh-huh. more aggressive full body type movements. So that's something natural mm. that will help bring up the testosterone. Um, and then there are certain herbs and supplements that can do this 
as well to a degree. Things like maca, M-A-C-A, you guys uh-huh. might have heard of that. Um, there's uh-huh. an herb called tribulus that's used sometimes, mm-hmm. ginseng, that. um, yeah. something called fidogia, F-I-D-O-G-I-A, sort of a newer uh, huh. concept that that we that's, uh, came on the scene somewhat recently. But basically, some different herbs that are known to stimulate testosterone production. Mm. These are oftentimes sold as a multi-ingredient, you know, male health formula, something like that. Ah, um, okay. So there's some different that ones. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That can be helpful. So, mm-hmm. and, and the quality of a guy's diet as well. And things like avoiding alcohol. That's a negative on uh, mm. testosterone synthesis. Okay. So never having a drink or just don't? overdo it and have it all the time. not overdoing it not overdoing <laughs> yeah. it yeah and just losing weight in general too some sometimes mm-hmm. people don't quite realize uh guys have an enzyme called aromatase and this is concentrated mm-hmm. in fat tissue and enzyme the, the enzyme aromatase has a very negative effect on your testosterone levels because its job is to take mm-hmm. testosterone and turn it into estrogen that's its job okay oh, guys do need okay. a certain amount of estrogen yeah. just like women need yeah. a certain amount of testosterone the ratio is obviously right. different Aromatase enzyme is how guys make estrogen for the most part. We take our circulating pool of testosterone, we siphon off a portion of it with this enzyme, we create estrogen. The enzyme is concentrated in your fat cells, meaning Mm -hmm. as you gain fat mass, you are having Mm -hmm. higher levels of this enzyme. Your estrogen levels will rise and your testosterone levels will drop just based on being Uh, overweight. The opposite is true. If you just simply lose weight, the testosterone will slowly rise, the estrogen will slowly come. The benefit of weight loss. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Okay. I could, I could have come up with a whole bunch of other questions, but we're, we're kind of running out of time here. Sure, no <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think all of that, all of that is really interesting and, and very valuable because I think there's a lot of wrong information, you know, whether people get it from TV or, you know, the, all those magazines or whatever that are on the, yeah. on the stand. You know, so it's, I think it's important for people to, even if, even if you're not doing a deep dive, right, but right. it's enough that it, it gets into people's brains and then they can go and Google it, hopefully yes. at, a, at yes. a fairly good site. That's a whole nother, mm-hmm. another bailiwick that we won't talk about. But um, because I think there's, there's a, a, how can I put this, that, that there's a, a feeling or a um, idea mm-hmm that's out there that that once you hit a certain age that there really isn't much you can do about it right right oh that's yeah that's too bad we have to uh i guess aggressively deconstruct that notion don't we yeah yeah i'll just give you an example this was striking to me this Uh was one of the first times that this really came across uh in such a way Mm -hmm. i remember this probably back in maybe college early days of med school or something but i read about this study that they had done where they took uh, people in assisted living or nursing home situations. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, and they put them on a weight training regimen, a strength training regimen. They they sat down at the leg press machine, you know, and lifted uh-huh. up the little leg sled and other things. They had them weightlifting, right? And first of all, this was seen to be sort of maverick and out of the box because you're asking these older people to lift weights. Are they going to hurt themselves? What's going to happen, right? Right. Well, they, they they had it, you know, a safe, appropriate weight training. And uh-huh. first of all, people didn't hurt themselves. But number two, what happened was they started falling less. They actually gained strength. They actually gained muscle mass. And this, again, this is nursing home residents. So they showed wow. that nursing home resident and average age 80 or 85 and whatever was not incapable of gaining strength, gaining muscle mass, and having a greater functional out, uh, outcome wow. on some simple strength training like three times a week. 
Yeah, that was pretty groundbreaking. That was done in the late wow. 90s. We can fast forward. There's a whole, you know, realm of research about gerontology and healthy aging, but that was pretty eye-opening for me. So yes, the answer is it's never too late. Um, mm -hmm. And your body's still capable of remodeling and responding far beyond when we probably think it is. We probably quit too early. I think our minds tell us that something can't happen and yes. our body follows rather than vice versa. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, again, it's it's social, right? Mm -hmm. um, the people who are telling us that are the same people who were told that when they were our age. Ah, I see. Right. You know, it's like handed down information. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never really had an intervention. And uncritically yeah. passed down. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, I always found yeah. Jack LaLanne, for an example, uh, as such oh, an inspiration, yes. right? I mean, what uh -huh. an inspiration. There he, here he was at older uh -huh. ages doing things that were truly unbelievable, yes. eye-opening stuff. You know, you're like, this isn't possible. Yeah. If I weren't seeing it and reading about it, this wouldn't be possible, right? But in doing yeah. that, he showed, he was a trailblazer. He showed what could be done, yes. you know, with the human body. If uh -huh. you had that uh -huh. level of training and discipline, it's inspiring. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But there isn't anybody out there like that anymore. Yeah. We're looking for the next guy. He was, he was unique. He was special. You know, he was yeah, a he was. blessing to humanity, really. And, and that was a long time ago. Yep. Besides, you know, and there still hasn't been anybody, you know, I'm maybe on cable or on, on, on YouTube or someplace mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. There are things like that, but um, who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't spent that much time looking for it. Maybe I should. There's some um, people out there. Yeah, there's some people out yeah. there doing inspiring things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even at uh, older ages. Uh, uh -huh. I'll, I'll tell you an example. I just saw I've, I'm in I've gotten into swimming lately. So I've been doing a lot of lap swimming. Oh, okay. So I, I watch swimming videos on YouTube. Okay. And so uh, Australia, by the way, is a country that's very big into swimming. They have a very strong. Oh, culture. Yes. Yeah. Very strong yes. swim culture. Outstanding Olympic yes team, et cetera. So a lot of the videos come out of Australia. So there was this one where it said, you know, miles, something, something Australian name, you know, sets the world record for hundred year old or greater age group in like the 100 freestyle. Okay. And I'm watching wow. this guy. He's got his little yellow swim cap up. He steps up to the block to dive in the pool. I'm like, oh my God, first of all, he's a hundred and he's get ambling up on this block and like crouching down the whole thing, right? Boom. The gun goes off. He actually jumps. Okay. Lands, you know, and just takes uh -huh. off and he's doing a stroke yeah. and I'm, I'm just truly inspired and shocked. He's up and down the pool. He has a decent time, even for someone, let's say, who's a regular swimmer of yeah. average age, 40, 50, like that's decent. And of course, it was world record if you're over 100. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Talk about inspiring. He came back. And I, I said to myself, oh, my God, I can't believe I saw that. A 100-year-old guy jump in the pool and go that fast back and forth. You know, I wouldn't wow. have thought it was possible, honestly, until you see it done yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, on that on that note, we'll both hope that we we are that spry at one hundred. Yep. yep. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And it probably yeah, we're coming up on an hour. We probably should uh, should uh, should cut this off. Otherwise, we go too much more. I'll have to make it into two podcasts. Be better no to problem. just do a second one. Um. Anyways, so I will. I will. I will wrap this up. It's always so funny to say this when when I have a doctor that I'm talking to. Anyways, first off, let me say that this is not medical advice. I'm not a doctor. He's a doctor, but it doesn't count for podcast. And, um, <laughs> and if you're having medical issues, then go see your doctor or, or you can always get in touch with Michael, you know, 
but that'll be in his in his medical in his medical role, not a podcaster role. But in the meantime, um, thank you very much. This was really this was really very enjoyable and very informational. And I think also for all my people who who watch. And um, with that, I will say to everybody else, I will be talking to all of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.